So much of modern motherhood is spent wishing we were doing better, whether we're comparing ourselves to other moms or to the ideal mom we assumed we'd be before we had kids. But this wishing takes us further and further away from joy, and it stops us from being the mom we want to be. I'm Rebecca Brownwright, and I'm here to help you focus on connection, because connecting more deeply with yourself and with your kids will help you forget about mom comparisons. Connection will help you resolve behavior issues with your kids, and connection will help you live a life full of real joy, because that's what you and your kids deserve. Pause and connect with me for a moment to listen to discussions about connection and motherhood, finding your purpose, smashing cultural narratives, and so much more. This is Pause and Connect. Hello and welcome to Pause and Connect. I'm Rebecca Brownwright and this is episode five, how to connect with your teen. Today, I'm really excited because I have a special guest, Lydia Jean. Why don't you introduce yourself? Hello, I am Lydia Jean and I am 13 years old. I really like to read and write and I am very excited to do this podcast today. So Lydia is my oldest child. She's a new teen and we're noticing that our relationship is changing, huh? Yes. For the better in most of the ways, right? Yes. 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 <laughs> we wanted to do a podcast episode together, and we thought it might be fun and helpful to share unique ways to connect with teens, since the two of us are just stepping into this world together. Now, this episode is perfect for any parent or, or child to listen to, um, even if you don't have teens yet. And it might even be fun to listen with your child together so you can get some good ideas together. Some of these activities can be done at any age, and if you don't have a teen, some will still be good ideas for you to look forward to. So to put this episode together, we asked a bunch of our friends and family to share how they connect as teens, or we asked parents how they connect with their teens. And we got some of the best ideas, didn't we? Yeah. Um, we thought that we might get some standard answers, but we really got so many unique ideas from everyone. So we're really excited to share those with you today. Now, I want to just make a note. Sometimes this type of content can feel a little overwhelming or guilt-inducing because this is a long list of good ideas. So you might listen to all these ideas and think, oh, I don't, I don't do anything like that or I don't have the energy for that. And I, I want to say really clearly that this is not meant to be guilt-inducing. It's just meant for good ideas. So know that you're already a great parent connecting with your family in ways that work for your family. And then if you like some of these ideas, then I hope that maybe you'll remember one or two really good ideas that you want to try and start doing them. Or maybe this will be a great episode where you listen and you hear things that you're already doing and you get reminded of how awesome you are. But no matter what, I don't want you to walk away feeling guilty. Just take what's good from this for you and use it in your life. So you hear a lot of parents saying that the teenage years are hard, difficult, not something to look forward to. Lydia Jean, what do you think when you hear adults talk that way? I think in the nicest way possible that this is very and completely wrong. Teenagers are amazing and <laughs> you should definitely look forward to being able to spend time with your teenager. <laughs> I agree. Even though we're only in our first year of teenagehood in this house, but we're still having a really fun time. Um, so looking to people who have been through this before, I really like what they have said to us. My mom, who raised six kids, she had six teenagers at different times, and sometimes she had multiple teenagers at a time. This is what she said about that stage. She said, I really liked our teenagers. Now, the teenage years to me were stressful because there was so much I worried about for them, but you could joke, you could have real conversations. I enjoyed them as people. When they would hang out with us, it was fun. 
Some didn't want to hang out with us as much, so we decided it was a real treat when they decided to do it. I agree with what Grandma said, because when you're a teenager, you can have more real conversations, like things that are going on in the world, instead of um, like little things that you talk about with a little kid. Yeah, I like that. And I love hearing that perspective from parents who are past the teenage years, because I think it solidifies that this is truly a good time of life. I, I know there's a lot of extra challenges during this time, but it's also a positive time of life. And I may be naive still at this point, and Lydia Jean, we might be a little naive, right? <laughs> but I also believe that there's strength in looking forward positively to the stages that are considered to be more challenging. Yeah, those things might be challenging, but they can also be like a good thing and sometimes even fun, depending on the way you perceive it. Because when you go through something challenging, it helps you grow as a person. And while looking forward to these things um, is something that will really help you grow together. I love that. And I think that perspective can help us have a more deliberate, purposeful relationship. One of the moms we talked to, Vanessa, said that she feels like she spends a lot of time with her little kids, but with her teenagers, she has to make more of like a deliberate effort. And so that's what we want to talk about today. We want to take all this, this wonderful advice and tips that we got from people in our life and share with you. The teenage time of life requires a different type of effort for connecting. And so we want to share how to make that connection a deliberate part of your relationship with your teen. Two moms talked about how it's easier to hug little kids, but when it comes to teenagers, you don't really think about that. Vanessa said, I give them long hugs. I have to tell my brain to let them pull away first. And Mindy said, it's, too, it's so easy to pick up little kids. It's harder to hug your kids when they get older. A lot of times I've been humbled or shocked when we, when we get through something emotional and my teens ask for a hug. I wouldn't have done, it wouldn't have dawned on me to pull them into a hug. This is a good lesson for me. It's just easier to do when they're younger. I've learned I need to initiate a hug. That's so true. I realized a few years ago that my youngest, who was probably three at the time, was getting tons of hugs from me, but I was rarely hugging my older kids. I think part of this is that when they're young, they need you in their space so much more. Like they need to be zipped, they need their hands washed, they need to be buckled into their car seats. So there are so many more opportunities for hugs. When I realized that, I started making a specific effort to hug my older kids more often. Lydia Jean was probably 10 at the time that I realized this, right? Yeah. So you weren't a teen yet, but we started a little game where we had to reach a certain number of hugs in a day. I think it was 20, right? I think so. <laughs> and we had fun with it. Um, with a teen, you might not be able to make it a game that way, um, but you could still set a goal in your own mind and try and hug your child that, that much. Yeah. Another thing we heard from a few moms and kids was um, that little notes and messages can do a lot. Cameron, who is 13, said, I like it when my mom just texts me random things that are nice or sends me things on Instagram like recipes. I love that, that extra way of connecting. Yeah. Um, Vanessa, a mom, said, I try to make them laugh late at night on text. 77% <laughs> of the time, I'm not funny to them. I like that number. <laughs> yeah. And then she said, but once in a while, I really get them laughing and I can hear it from the other room. I think that's so funny. Lydia Jean likes it when I send funny memes that mean something to her. Yeah. <laughs> Vanessa also said that her teens love compliments written on text, which I thought was such a good idea. And she also will sometimes write a compliment on paper and slide it under their door. And this is something that we are big believers of in our house, right? Yeah. We like to write back and forth to each other. In fact, I sell a back and forth journal on my website, rebeccabrownwright.com, that's geared for kids about the ages of seven or eight to about 13. Uh, but teens have used it and have enjoyed it. And it's helped open up conversations in our family. Mindy, a mom who tried the back and forth journal when her child was 11, said this. 
She said, I loved doing your journal with my son. It was a way to have him respond to me about important things and to ask me things too. We had a few people talk about this next idea and we think it, we think it's a good point. So some, something that somehow really brings people together is food. <laughs> yeah. Um, 13 year old Liam talked about how he likes to drive to school with his dad in the morning because they connect by talking about sports in school. One day his dad added food to the mix and it was meaningful. Liam said, this morning he went and got me a donut. We just sat in the school parking lot for a second while I finished it. My mom said that she always tried to make sure there was food involved if she was trying to do something with her teens. I thought that was funny. It's kind of like luring them into it. Um, and it's good advice that I, I haven't considered yet. And Vanessa, a mom, also said the same thing. She said there always has to be food for whatever activity she's trying to get her kids to do with her. <laughs> Um, 13 year old Cameron said she loves trying new foods with her parents and she likes to order DoorDash with her mom. My mom also said that they had traditions sounding surrounding food like pizza and a movie night. Uh, you know, a lot of us do that, which I think is really fun and fun to carry into the teen years. And my mom said that she sometimes that would even keep the kids at home by choice, which I think is pretty remarkable. Um, another thing a few people mentioned is that they like to watch their own TV shows with each other. Listening to these answers, I realized this is something I want to do with my mom. Last year, I did watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine with both of my parents, but I think it would be fun to have a show with each parent separately as well. Yeah, we need to find a good one, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Send us some ideas if you have a good one for a mom and 13-year-old daughter to watch together. Um, Jill, a mom, said, we have our shows that nobody else can watch with us. I love the way she said that. Like, <laughs> nobody else is allowed to watch these with us. She said, we put on a show after dinner and cuddle in bed. And I really like this because I think when our kids are young, it's drilled into our heads that we shouldn't let them have too much screen time. So then it becomes this huge guilt thing. But so many parents and teens we spoke with mentioned how they love sharing a show together. So I think when done right, this can actually be a huge bonding thing, especially in those teenage years. Yeah. Um, Abby, who is almost 15, loves to watch Gilmore Girls with her mom. Mm -hmm. And Vanessa, a mom, has a good tip for how to make this happen successfully. So what she does is she puts it on her schedule to watch a show with a certain kid. So like every Tuesday will be Buffy with her 13-year-old. That way, when she has so much else going on in her life, this time is carved out for that one kid on one-on-one -on -one time. And then a tip within a tip, she often doesn't tell her kids about her schedule in case she can't get to it one time, then she doesn't end up disappointing them. Yeah. Um, another thing we learned from people we interviewed was that connecting with your teen doesn't always have to be just you and your teen. Two moms mentioned that they wanted their homes to be a good place for their kids' friends to come, like a safe place. This was something I hadn't considered in the framework of connecting with your teen. I really liked this insight. Yeah, Raquel, a mom, said, my teen's friends all love to come to our house. She loves to invite them over here. That is a positive because that means she doesn't think I'll embarrass her. I'll take her and her friends to go and get In-N-Out Burger, or they go thrift shopping. We come home and they show me all the stuff they got. And on the way home, we're blasting music and they're singing at the top of their lungs. And they ask me to drive slower or go around the block a couple more times. As tired as I might be, I never complain or say no. I relish this time. I say yes to all the moments that she wants to include me in her world. I'm beaming, driving around, listening to them, belting out their favorite songs. That's so fun. And Vanessa, a mom, said, I try to be a really safe place for friends to hang out. I give them good personal space. I'm willing to drive them places. I tell them this time is friend time and I'm available to pick up and drop off between these hours. So I think while the teenagers are spending time with their friends in these ideas, it's still a really great way to connect as a parent and teen because you're, you're letting your teen trust you and it's showing that the teens do trust you. 
as a parent. And so they're letting you into that part of their lives. Um, the next thing we wanted to share about is what to talk about with your teens. Sometimes it seems hard to talk with your teen because they're maturing and getting older and you don't know what to talk about. We loved these ideas from parents. Troy, a dad, gave some really smart advice that I definitely need to follow. Yes, you do. <laughs> he said, he said, don't always ask about school and other assignments. Mm -hmm. Ask them about other things that they maybe are not doing all day, every day. Yeah. And Lydia Jean really is giving me a pointed look right now because <laughs> I tend to, as soon as I pick her up from school, say, so how did you do on this? And what's your grade on this? And, and all of that. And, um, and that's probably not the best thing. She probably needs some time to think, right? Yeah. <laughs> needs some time to connect with me in a different way. So that was really good advice from Troy. And he also said not to bombard, bombard the kids as soon as they walk in the door. And I feel like this should be a no-brainer, but I have a brain, and it's a good brain, and I definitely did not think about this until he pointed it out. So I was glad he said that, and I'm sharing it with you in case, in case your brain didn't think about it too. Raquel made a good point about what to do when your teen might be reluctant to talk. She said, I really try to appreciate when I can engage with my daughter. When she's opening, open to having a conversation, I make sure I say something like, that was really fun, or I just love that you told me that. I focus on saying positive things when we're having a positive moment. Um, Cindy, a mom, tries to figure out what her kids um, like and then talk about that. With two of her teens who really like sports, she said, I'll try to figure out what's going on with their favorite te team so I can then say something like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this team made it this far. They arranged this, but the other team beat them. I kind of sound like I know what I'm talking about, but I don't really. It gives us a chance to have a conversation. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. She doesn't really know what she's talking about, but she knows enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mindy, a mom, talked about how she feels when her teens show gratitude. She said, showing gratitude helps us connect. My daughter will thank me for things I would just naturally do, like driving her somewhere. It throws me off sometimes when she says thanks, because of course I'm going to do it. I'm her mom. But it makes me realize that she's thankful. So I need to be more vocal and say thanks, not just take for granted the things that she does for me. Saying thank you out loud reinforces our bond. So I try to say things like, thanks for being a good kid, for getting up on time, for helping out your brother. I work on saying it out loud instead of just thinking it. I thought that was a really good parenting tip right there. Remember to thank your kids for the things that they're doing too. Mm -hmm. uh, Vanessa, a mom, told us about this, and it's something that we really, really like too. She said, it's really fun to connect with them from things from the past. We had the best time picking out records in Berkeley on a recent trip. We talked for a couple hours about all the all the different bands and artists we should try and told them about the concerts we went to when we were teens. I love that she said this. I've always liked um, learning about my parents when they were my age, so this sounds really fun to me. Vanessa then described a fun um, music activity. She made a bracket, like a sports bracket, um, with um, mom's favorite songs and genres from her teenage years on one side and dad's favorite songs and genres on the other side. Then her kids voted on which they liked best in each bracket until there was a winner. I love that. I think we should do that. I want to. That sounds really fun. I have to think back to what my favorite bands were in my teens because that, <laughs> that'll take some time. Uh, I love the wisdom from Cindy, a mom, who told us how she has learned as time has gone on. So she's raised two teenagers to adulthood, and then she has two more at home. So I really like how she's learned and progressed. She said, we learn from experiences and from mistakes. With one kid, I think I tried too hard to address things when it wasn't a good time and they weren't in the mood. We learned that we just can't go in and bring up topics anytime we want. Just because it looks like the teens aren't doing anything, it's not fair to barge in with a discussion. So now, if they're in the middle of something, we'll say, hey, when you're free, can you come and talk to us? 
it seems to go over a lot better. If we just bring up something and try talking to them, they're looking at us with defensiveness and they don't even want to talk about it. I thought that was a really good point. A lot of times, like, kids are just sitting watching something or playing a video game or something, and so you feel like you could talk to them at that time, but they're involved in something too, and we need to respect their time too. She also made the point that she wouldn't want her husband to just come and demand she have a serious discussion when she's in the middle of something. That's a really good reminder. Our teens have their own lives, we have our own lives, and we all need to be respectful of each other's time. Yeah, that sounds like something Allie, a 16-year-old, said. Um, you never really know what someone is dealing with, so when people push things onto me, it can stress me out a little bit. I like that. Mm -hmm. um, what, that's some good insight. Yeah. We got some really great advice on how to keep the connection strong even during or after conflict. Troy, a dad, said that it's important to listen more and talk less. I agree with this because I see my kids' eyes glaze over when I talk too long. He also said to judge less, which I think is critical as a parent. Children need to feel accepted even when they're making mistakes. Jill, a mom, said that her daughter can come to her and talk to her because she doesn't overreact about things. If her daughter sees something inappropriate and wants to talk about it, Jill doesn't get weird or awkward or uncomfortable. And that way, her daughter can feel safe talking. And I actually grew up with Jill, and I saw her mom do this, so I think she learned it from her mom. Her mom, Debbie, is just was just a fantastic listener, and she would just let both of us just talk and, and tell her what was going on, and she didn't have a judgment. And she remembered what we said and and carried it on into the next conversation. And so I'm sure that she had to discipline Jill at different times, but um, but with the two of us, she was just a really safe place to talk. And so we, we, we had that place. It was really great. That's really nice. Um, Allie, a teen, talked about the best way to, to resolve issues. I think we resolve our issues best when we can talk through them and are able to both share opinions. I also found that you can't force something to be resolved. Giving time is also good. Allie is so brilliant. You she can't. really is. Yeah. <laughs> you can't force something to be resolved. We all we need to tattoo that somewhere on our bodies. <laughs> Mindy, a mom, said something similar. She said, when we fight, I give time, let them go to their room and cry it out for a minute, and then I go in and talk it out. She also shared a good breathing mindfulness tip from her yoga teacher that I'm really eager to bring into our lives. So she said um, that her yoga teacher... Let's see. She said that you get your kids' feet up in the air against a wall and you have them breathe. And it helps them take take everything in and get a new perspective and breathe through it. So when her daughter or when her teens start reacting and getting anxiety, she'll have them get into that position with their feet up in the air and say, let's take deep breaths and let's talk. And I imagine she probably does it right next to her. So it's like a, a, a joint thing together. Raquel, a mom, reminded me not to take mood swings and sass personally. <laughs> That's such a good reminder. Is. Lydia is staring at me right now. <laughs> I think we need that reminder again and again. Troy said to ask, and this is really good, do you want me to listen to what you are saying or listen and give advice? I think that's so good because sometimes we jump into problem solve and it can make our teens feel like they aren't being heard. And when I forget to do this, it, that can actually cause fights. Like maybe they weren't going to fight with us, but then we end up fighting. And if you want to hear more about that, podcast episode four tells you exactly how I made this mistake with sweet little Lydia Jean right here. <laughs> Troy also reminded me to not be personally upset that teenagers may push away. If you know it's going to happen, then you can work around it. And I think preparation can really help these moments feel less difficult for a parent. Um, my grandma told a story about something special between her and her dad. Um, one day when she was a teen, her dad was painting something, and he went inside and did something that bothered her. She said, Dad, how about we go paint? 
when they went out there, they didn't actually paint. They just talked about it, and it became a sort of code word that meant they needed to talk about something serious. And they still use it to this day. I think that's so cute. Yeah. They still they have a good relationship, and she can still say that, Dad, we need to go paint, and they can resolve something in that way. Another common idea that came up again and again was that walks and drives are a huge connecting tool. Mm -hmm. Cameron, who was 13, and Abby, who was almost 15, both said that walks feel best when they go alone. <laughs> they really specified that, huh? <laughs> yeah. They, they both said because getting away from the siblings allows them to open up more. Mm -hmm. um, Ruby, almost 16, said, I think a way I connect with my parents is through exercise. Um, me and my mom like to go on runs together when it's warmer. This morning she woke up at 5.45 and we went to the gym together. With my dad, it's the same way. Um, and then also Abby, a teen, said she really enjoys going for drives with one parent. She also enjoys going to work with her dad, who owns a dog training business. And my mom and I used to go for walks when I was a teen, too. And those were some of our best talks. I, there, there just was something about going for that walk that let me open up and say more. And we still go for walks whenever I go home to visit. I think that part of the magic of walks and drives is that it gets teens out of the house away from their normal environment. A lot of parents and teens told us that they like to connect when they're out of the house, like running errands. Cindy, a mom, said, I can bring things up in a more nonchalant way than if we're at home. At home, it feels like it's often too forced, like they're doing schoolwork or they're on a show and we're interrupting their schedule. So it feels more natural when we're out and about because it feels like we're out of their element and it's okay to have different conversations. Almost all the time, for all my teenagers, when we're removed from the house, it almost, it's almost always easier to connect. That's what she said. And she pointed out again, they don't have their siblings sitting around listening, and so they feel more safe to open up. And she said, I do too, when I know their siblings can't hear. Taking them one-on-one, -on -one, removing them from the house, and going and doing stuff is really helpful. Um, Allie, a teen, says that, I find that doing the little things or unplanned activities is when I feel the most connected. Um, she said, I love when people check up on me too. I appreciate when they want to do the things with me, even little things. Uh, it really is the small, unplanned things that make for the biggest memories. Raquel said, Today I decided I didn't have anything going on, so I got sushi for lunch and we sat at the counter. My teen didn't have her phone, and so she just talked. She told me all about her friends and the problems she's having. I didn't try to tell her what to do or correct her feelings. I'm just trying to take the moments she's allowing me to be there. I think that's a good thing to try and jump on those opportunities. Yeah, I do too. Another idea is to take your own talents as a parent and teach those to your teen, if they're willing to hear and learn from you. So Raquel is a beautiful artist and she teaches classes to children, but then she also sets aside time to teach her teen art. And then what's even more fun is she'll even teach her, her teen and her teen's friends all together. Tracy, a mom, said that she also teaches art to her daughter. And what's fun for her is that her daughter has found a totally different style. Tracy likes landscapes and architecture and her daughter loves anime. So it's really fun for her to see the world through her daughter's eyes. And she said that sometimes sometimes it's it's like formal where she's teaching her and then sometimes they'll just need to spend some time together. So they'll grab a clipboard and paper and go somewhere and, and do, do some art together. Um, my mom is really good at the piano and she teaches me. And um, I have grown better at musical um, talentness because she <laughs> teaches me uh, what she knows. Um, I have fun doing this with my mom uh, most of the time. <laughs> most of the time. <laughs> also, um, she has taught me a little bit about writing because I want to be an author, so that's also nice. 
Yeah, I think that this is this is a fun part of our relationship where I can share that stuff with you. And with piano, it's really formal. We have a, a regularly scheduled lesson each week. And for the most part, that works for us. But I do keep in mind that if it ever gets to a point where it's hurting our relationship, then we would need to, to stop doing that and, and hire somebody to teach her instead. But, um, but for the time being, it has been really, really fun. Yeah. She says for the most part. For the most part, yeah. <laughs> there have been times where we have a hard time getting along during a lesson and mm -hmm. it, it doesn't go well, but, but we, we rally pretty well. Mm -hmm. We also heard a lot of good ideas about fun things to do together in a special way, like special outings. Almost everybody mentioned that they like to go out for a treat or in and out. So many people said in and out is crazy. <laughs> and we don't really go to in and out, we you don't and me. Really. I think we need to try I that think we soon. Should, we should. Yeah. <laughs> or to go to the movies or something like that. Kensley, a preteen, said that she likes these times because she said, when we have problems, we say what we feel or what 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 my mom feels or what I feel, and then we solve it. Some other ideas we heard, Lydia. Uh, video games, hiking, Netflix, cooking together, um, going for bike rides, going to lunch in the middle of a school day every now and then, tying quilts, doing crafts, and letting teens take over um, part of holiday traditions. My parents, as grandparents, try to be really intentional about finding activities for their teen grandkids. So they'll do crafts, go out together for a treat, hire their grandkids to do some sort of project alongside them at the house. Mm. They'll send letters, they'll mark a polo with them, and they'll text them. Um, Ruby, a teen, says she likes to make a special drink with her mom and go out um, to the patio in warm months to read scriptures side by side for a few minutes. And Andrea, a mom, says, I love finding common interests and chatting with them about it. Taking walks, reading books together, monthly individual dates, really listening when they talk to you, laughing together, and doing fun things like games, movie nights, outdoor adventures. Um, Lucy D, 13, says, I love to just spend time together doing whatever, reading a book together, hiking outside, or sitting down watching a movie together. Anything that I can spend time with my parents is fun. Um, and Afton, 12, says, we play family, family games and go out to do stuff, just the two of us, like going shopping or getting our nails done or going to a museum. And my friend McKelty, um, her mom figured out that McKelty really loves going out to eat and make sure to do that from time to time. See, there's a food thing again. Yeah, that food. That works food. every time, huh? The key is, from what I hear from all these moms and kids, is to find out what interests your teen. Vanessa and her teens do service together. With COVID, it's difficult to find official places to volunteer. So one thing that they've been doing is they put together boxes of sunshine. That's what they call it. And then they deliver that or mail it to someone. Lydia Jean and I have been having fun volunteering at the food bank together. Yeah. Yeah. We, we sort food together. Um, they blast the music really loud. <laughs> yeah. So we can't have long conversations, but it's like a fun, positive mood because there's a lot of fun music. So we can joke around a little bit. And then it's also just fun being together while our hands are busy helping. Mm -hmm. um, Vanessa, a mom, makes a really good point I especially love. She says that teens are so busy and they are pulled in lots of directions. So from time to time, she'll do her teens chores for them or get them a special treat on their busiest days to help them relax. She said, I think it's nice when you have someone in your corner who knows your ins and outs and helps you um, relax. I think I know why you like that one. <laughs> I think you like the, the chore part. Your mom doing your chores. That's not the only reason. That's not the only reason. <laughs> I think it's also really nice that her mom, that the mom, Vanessa, understands that teens need need someone to kind of like point out to them, hey, it's time for you to relax, right? Mm -hmm. I think 
we all need someone like that. We need to be reminded that that life is overwhelming and we can take a break. And I think a lot of us need to be reminded that the teen years specifically can be overwhelming. I think as adults, we look back and we got through it. So we think those things are small compared to what's happening in our life now, you know, like health issues or, um, or unemployment or things like that. Those are huge as an adult. And, but the, the, the big things that are happening with teens are huge as a teen too. Like, not having the boy or the girl like you that you wish liked you or having a hard time with your grades or fighting with your friends. All of that is just so huge. So I liked Vanessa pointing that out. They have busy days, they have hard days, and they need time to relax too. I think keeping that in mind can help us be creative in our own ways to connect. Mm -hmm. Now, as we said at the beginning, there's no right way to do this, right? And you're not doing any of this wrong, even if you do it completely differently than the ideas that we shared. We are just so grateful that you took the time to listen today and we hope you walk away with a new idea or validation that you're already on the right path and we hope you feel uplifted. Yeah, we really liked reading and listening to all these ideas and pieces of advice and we hope you did too. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you so much for pausing and connecting with me today. Your support seriously means the world to me. If you found this episode helpful, I want you to know I have countless other resources for you to find more connection in your motherhood and life. Head to my website, rebeccabrownwright.com to check out my blog, check out my back and forth journal for parents and kids, and take a look at Pause and Connect Academy, where you can find courses to help you stop yelling, find your strengths, and finally get your kids to listen to you. As always, if you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a positive review, sharing it on social media, or sharing with your friends. I love you, and I want you to thrive in your motherhood and life. Thank you for being here. Now go forth and connect.